Good evening. In this era, when so many people are trying to scare us with so many things, from economy to environment to flus to, you know, you name it, you watch the evening news and there's something to be afraid of, it's important to know and to practice and to realize that we are completely free. That we are not bounded. We are completely free. That we are already liberated. And all of those things that people try to scare us with, the media tries to scare us with, and we scare ourselves with, don't touch the essence. Don't touch who we really are. We just become confused. And we don't realize this freedom that we all have. And we become confused. We have been confused from a very early age. We, we first be, began to learn language. And we begin to look at things. And we begin to mistake the things and the language and the labels for what is true, for our real self. We're all very aware that, that the name Rose is just a convention, just a couple of sounds, Rose. And it's only by agreement that we have some common imagination that it refers to a particular experience of feeling and smelling and touching. that the actual experience of rose is completely independent of whether we have that particular label or not. And of course, that label is given in other languages is very different. The direct experience of rose, the, the prickliness of the thorns, the spiciness of the scent, the smoothness of the petals, completely independent of this object that our mind has made it into be. And of course, the same thing is true with ourselves, that we have grown up and we have all been in this culture and we think, you know, I am Hogan. Or we think, I am 60 years old. Or I am 142 pounds. Or I am 5 foot 10. Or I am a Zen priest. Or I am a, you know, I own a, I'm driving a Ford 150 Burgundy pickup. And we begin to think that all these attributes, how we look, how we happen to feel, our thoughts, we begin mistaking them for what is our real essence, our true nature, who we are. And this identification with things. This identification that we identify our true essence with the objects, the things that we observe. And that is a confusion. That which is aware is always free. And that which is aware is not something inside of us. 
That which is aware, we are inside of it. It's not an it, but... We sometimes think of awareness as being some state that somehow is in there somewhere. But that which is aware of our hand, that which is aware of our head, that which is aware of our temperature, that which is aware of our eyes, that which is aware of our whole body, that which is aware of all the attributes that we have, it's bigger than all those things. It's completely free. It can be aware of anything. So it is this mistaken confused, backward notion that has led us to all have so much suffering and leads us to having so much fear. We think that who we are is this particular, we think of it as a lump, as a thing. And when we think of it as a lump, as a thing, then the spine, 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 no, (laughs) flu, the flu, the flu, what's it called? Swine. Swine. The swine flu, you know, becomes deadly and, de- and, and is going to, you know, wreak havoc with everybody and destroy all of civilization and so on and so forth. Our true essence cannot be touched. There's a famous Zen master named uh, Joshu who said, uh, one of his talks, said, you can spit on me, you can hit me, but you can never hurt me. And of course, he's not talking about this body. Of course, this body hurts. Of course, of course, of course. Not talking about these emotions. Of course, these emotions get all riled up course. But what are we really? What is aware of this body and these emotions? So as soon as we begin defining ourselves by I am this, I am that, I am whatever our particular box is, when it's taken away, when it's changes, as inevitably will, when it's damaged, when it disappears, we get all excited. Like a child who's playing with a toy. Toys are completely interchangeable, you know? You, you're playing with Barbie doll. I mean, how many Barbie dolls are there in the universe, you know? I assume there's a finite number, but they're uncountable. <laughs> so they're completely interchangeable, you know? And that with cabbage patch dolls and whatever else people are playing with. You know? They're all interchangeable. But as soon as we get the I, it's mine. Oh, it's mine. That's my particular thing. This is my particular lump. I own this lump. And then somebody takes it away or it changes or just because of the inevitability of impermanence, it disappears. We become upset. We become distraught. Child cries. This process of identification, of beginning to identify ourself with things, with objects, and thinking that we have to have things and objects and states for us to be okay, causes immeasurable suffering. Immeasurable suffering. Immeasurable suffering. So this process of identification, where we begin to think that I am that, that is me, is really a matter of thought. It's really a matter of the mind's thinking, putting together some object 
and then saying, okay, because I've thought of this object and because I think that that object has something to do with me, then this thinking process binds us. It's all thought. It's all thinking. The mind is clear. The mind is empty. There is no fear. If the mind is, if we're not caught by all these thoughts of who we think we are, we can really see the one bright mind. We realize we've never been bound. And yet, even though we know that with our mind, intellectually we understand that, intellectually we have you know, heard and read and seen this sort of thing, it's sort of common talk, the direct experience of actually stepping back, the direct experience of actually disidentifying is something that we haven't really tasted. And we have some mental idea of what that might be like, but it's not the direct experience. And that's why we practice. We practice because in doing Zazen, we're coming here and we're sitting. The mind is full of thoughts and the the body is full of sensations. Of course, the way it is. But when the mind, when we let those thoughts just kind of roll through, we let the body sensations always changing, always changing, the breath always changing. When we let those sensations, we're willing to experience them and allow them to flow, flow through. We don't get caught. And so as we do, as we meditate, as we're doing more and more zazen, as we're, as we're sitting and we're observing the observer, we're watching the witness, we're witnessing the witness. We're taking that step back. Sometime, and of course it has to be this moment because there only is this moment, we realize that. Sometime, this moment, we realize we are not the things. That our true being, our true essence is completely pure, unblemished, unstained by the spot of anything. And that experience is, of course, right here, right now. It can't be anyplace else. It's all other th- anyplace else is just a matter of thought. We cannot experience anything except this moment. We cannot experience one millisecond or one nanosecond, past or future. We can only experience right now, right now, right now, right now, this ever-changing right now, right now, this ever-flowing now, now, now. And the mind just gets in there and thinks, okay, no. I was this person, I have did this, this happened to me, that happened to me, I am this kind of da 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 I will be this person, I, I, if I do this, that'll happen, da 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 and all that stuff. <clears throat> That's all happens right here at this moment. It all happens right now. There's only right now. Our awakening, our enlightenment, of course, can only happen right now. But the mind jumps in and thinks, oh, it's a thing. Oh, some kind of awakening is a thing. I want to have that thing. Give me that thing. You know, 
that thing of whatever our particular fantasy happens to be of what insight realization is. And we keep trying to see, does it, is it matching my idea of what it's supposed to be? Is it matching my idea of what enlightenment is? Is it matching my idea of Kensho? Is it matching my idea? And we keep looking and saying, doesn't match my idea, doesn't match my idea, doesn't match my idea, doesn't match my idea. Of course, it's never going to match your idea. It's just an idea. That which is aware is always aware. And it's always aware right here, right now. It's always been liberated. It's always been free. And so when we have all of these things that come up in the media that are just trying to keep scaring us, all these bogey storms, you know, I mean, how many disastrous storms have we heard about this last winter? It's not important. It's not important. What is important is for each of us to really see this clear, bright mind and to encourage other people to have this deep faith, this deep confidence that comes out of that. We are always free. We always have been free. And if we are always free and always have been free, then what do we do? Well, of course, we just choose to inhabit our life. Sybil keeps saying, we just wash the dog, we wash the dishes, we clean the house, work in the garden. If we are free, then we are free to inhabit this life. If we're free, we're free to, to live this life wholly and completely. We're free to accept and work with this particular karma, knowing that we're free. Knowing that, you know, this body is going to get old, it's going to get sick, it's going to get die. <clears throat> you know, knowing all my stuff is going to break down. You know, all the computers in the monastery are going to break down despite all of our efforts. You know, all of our robes are going to, you know, get holes in them despite all of our efforts. You know, all of our roads are going to have potholes in them despite all of our efforts. That's just the way it is. But when we realize, oh, that's just, that's not the essence. It's not so important. You know, we do the best we can do. But impermanence is impermanence. One of my friends keeps saying, samsara never works. And samsara, this, this world that we keep spinning around in, just never works. So, an interesting couple of experiments here are to, first off, everyone, um, just close your eyes for a moment and think of something that's important to you. Really, really important. Your hands, your partner, your car, your dog. Now, Considering this, realize that this is going to change. That this thing you're thinking about is going to change. It's going to disappear. Perhaps soon. 
Now look carefully. If this person, place, thing, object, state of mind is going to disappear, is going to go back to its owner because it was only borrowed, how much time will it take you to actually let that go? If this that you are imagining is going to go back to wherever it came from, how much time will it take you to actually allow that process to happen? It's inevitable. And now look very carefully. This is the most important question. Will anything be diminished by that loss? Will you be diminished by that loss? And unless this thing you're thinking of this happens to be this particular experience of this body, it's only a memory some other person, some other place, some other time, and it's already gone. Is there anything in you, your essence, that which is aware, that's diminished by even precious things? Disappearing. When we're doing zazen, you can open your eyes now. When we're doing zazen, and we're sitting and we're letting go of thought, that's exactly what we're doing. We're just letting go of what's already gone. So let's try one more thing. And close your eyes and feel in your heart, feel in your chest, and feel the life energy that's there. Feel the tingling, feel the warmth, feel the blood, the heart pumping. Feel the life energy that is right present in your chest right now. Don't think about it. Feel it. You are alive. Feel that aliveness. Now put your hands, your awareness in your hands and feel that aliveness, that energy in your hands. Allow your mind to sweep over your whole body without thinking there is life There is vitality, there is tingling, there is warmth, there is movement, as there always has been.
this deep life vitality that is our innate nature is sometimes takes the shape of tiredness and sometimes takes the shape of activity and sometimes takes the shape of brightness and sometimes takes the shape of slowness and sometimes takes the shape of anxiety and sometimes takes the shape of joy. But it's always this bright light, life, right here. We're completely alive. We are completely free. So the practice is to turn our attention away from all the scary things that people are trying to catch us with and to turn our attention to this life energy right here, right now. This aliveness that each person has in total, complete measure, right here, right now. And then to use that life, to use that liveliness in the very best way that we can. To offer this life that we are filled with, whatever way our particular circumstances allow. We have been free from the very beginning, unbounded. And to live the life that we have right this minute with freedom doesn't mean we have to change a whole lot. Of course, a lot of grasping things just fall away. Things that we have identified with fall away. But it's not someplace else, some other time. We are completely free. And of course, to see that, we do all the practices that we talk about, stop judging, all of our opinions about things, all that, all the things that we keep talking about in different Dharma talks. But this direct experience is not a matter of getting something. It's a matter of becoming aware, being aware right here, right now, of what is. So, don't be afraid. No big deal. Don't be afraid. Please go forward without fear, with great confidence. You have every reason to have great confidence.